Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. As you are counting down or counting up, we're on episode 147 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And as you listen today, uh, take a few minutes to invite someone, just uh, say, hey, listen, you got to listen to this. And we are building our uh, audience continually. I had, yeah. I had two or three people Sunday again say, I just started listening. Y'all, oh, that's yeah? really pretty good. Well, yeah. And so I said, you can reference all kind of things, uh, not just the first one or two. Keep on going. You're going to get great things out of it. So tell them on Facebook and Twitter. Don't just tell me. Tell tell your friends and invite them to come be a part. I don't know about a, 10 years from now, Trey, we'll have a really big audience. Yeah, we'll we might. All over the world. and We might have 100 or maybe 150 that. people listening, yeah, might which have, is really that cool. That would be cool, 150 people listening. <laughs> Have a private jet taking us places to record on location and yeah, yeah uh, well we did we've already done that before we private were, jet? We were we we're in Israel we did do one on location it was a private it but was it was an private. expensive jet <laughs> there was nothing about that jet that was private no that was faux show. It was pretty pretty much the opposite yeah yeah that was All a lot right. of fun that was fun because you got your scooter taken away from you <laughs> I had a weird. You had a weird experience, but it was. I mean, I would not change it for anything. But, Trey was but you got your scooter. You got your scooter back. Didn't I got you? my scooter back, and yeah, uh, I got around. my. I kind of got my dignity back. And <laughs> the good news is there were no fountains for me to run through without no, a shirt you, on. You kept your so. shirt on the whole time, which I was really pleased with you for keeping your shirt on that because was, it, was it was cold. It was cold. Um, but anyway, yeah. You ready we, to go back to Israel? I am. Actually, I am. Yeah. Uh, it took me a few weeks to say I would go back <laughs> because, man, I, I just had to process everything. But, yeah, yeah I'm ready. Well, it, a lot to process. It took a lot out of you. That was a big trip for you. It was. But I've, I've learned. I've learned a whole lot, and it will be it will be much better next you, time. You provided a lot of comic relief for us, buddy. I appreciate you. <laughs> That's my goal in life, to provide comic relief. Yeah, it was fun picking on you for a couple of weeks. Amen. Yeah, amen. It was. Well, thank you, brother. You're a but blessing. But also encouragement as well. Amen. You were an encouragement. Well, there you go. Yeah. I reckon so. It was cool. I mean, really, I know it's not a podcast about Israel, but it was, it was really cool to see your reactions to all the different places. And that was neat. Yeah, that's I what's cried so a cool. lot. Yeah, that's what's cool for me about going every time is I get to see first-time reactions of people. That's really powerful. And, and I cried a lot. Yeah. So, especially yeah. at the place. The only place I didn't cry I thought I would was uh, Golgotha and uh, the empty tomb, but I never got to see it. So there's that. <laughs> that was that but, strange but, place. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. Every other, every other place, I think it was the appropriate response. Yeah, you know? I think so. so I think anyway. so. Well, pastor, we're going to be talking today about something that I was telling you earlier that I've never really experienced. I've pretty much been <laughs> a teenager and then got married before we went to the mission field and yeah. was on the mission you field with my wife. At so 14 years old. How yeah, old were you pretty much. I was married uh, at uh, 20. I guess I was 21 when I got married. Yeah, but I turned 22 later on. That okay, so when you, we were you, on the mission field, I turned 22. You never experienced really any singleness in your life. Now that I would call singleness, yeah. I mean, in that I was you younger. Were lady, you were a ladies' man, had lots of girlfriends. Yeah, and well, that is true. But <laughs> I don't know about the ladies' man, but I fooled enough women to date me. Uh, until Kelly, but that was only till yeah. I was like, I mean, I met Kelly when I was 18. So, oh, really? Yeah. And so, so. so 
did y'all both, years of yeah, did, did y'all go to Liberty together? Eventually. Okay, yeah. so you went to Liberty and then she came and followed you there. Several years later, yeah. And so did she see did she see you on the gridiron and the one play you played in college football? She did not see me in the one play, but she did get to see me <laughs> on the sideline. She got to tell you suit up. I was because, suit yeah, up so, on the sideline. So I, mean, I want to get those pictures. I know I, we I have pictures, those pictures of that. Too, because I don't me know if our up in audience knows this or not, but you were a Division One college football player. Were they Division One? No, they were probably like Division Fourteen at the time. Yeah, they? they were NAIA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, NCCAA, which is National Christian College Athletic Association. So you, it was way it was below right. NAIA. But you were so, you were a college football player. I was a college football player, but you uh, played one play. Yeah, one. Well, that's, that's actually two plays. Two plays. First play, it was just a regular play. We stopped him, and then the second play, I bumped the. Uh, ball into my other linebacker's hand and he intercepted the pass. So I was going to be Look out there. That. I was hey. going to be there. I was going to be there until the last play of the game yeah. because he put me in a yeah. five minutes to go, but that was the end because we got the ball and we held the ball yeah. until it was over. So we never, but I you never contributed play to that big Way play. That's good. I did. Good job, and we won. Yeah, we did. Well, well, that, Way so. to contribute. But Kelly didn't get to see that. No, that was no. Your moment of glory. That was, in, that was in Massanutten, Virginia. <laughs> that was the name of the place, man. <laughs> Isn't that the weirdest name you've Matt, no, it, it's big. It's some yeah. kind of a military school, like Citadel. I kind of feel like that pastor sometimes is a mass of nuts. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> it is. It was a, anyway. It was a strange thing. I kid. I kid. But but but, the, but really, even in college, you know, I was already dating Kelly. Yeah. I didn't date in college. Um, so I mean, yeah, I just don't understand. So this is going to be interesting yeah, for me. So your story is very different. Yes. than our story. Right. So Stacy and I, we got married um, a little bit later in life. I was 30 when we got married. Can we tell we them your age? to do ages? I mean, I was just, I'm just saying to help our audience understand where we were yeah, in life. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Stacy was older than I was or still is older than I am. I know she doesn't look it, but she's a, a little she bit, certainly a doesn't little look bit older than me. Um, so she was a few years older than me. Right. So she was she was 30 something else when we got married. And so we had spent a, a lot of time as single people before we uh, met and dated and got engaged in that whole process. So our story is is very different than your story. And I wanted to kind of talk about this today because I know for you know, the last month or so around our church, we've been talking about marriage a mm-hmm. lot. We've been talking about it on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. We've been talking about it on the podcast. We had your wife here. Stacy's been with us for the last few weeks, but we haven't really talked about singleness mm-hmm. at all. And and in our church, I mean, that that's a growing segment of our population is, at yeah. Northwood. We have a lot of single people. Um, we have single again people, people mm-hmm. who, who maybe have gone through a divorce or some kind of life change and uh, they find themselves single again. And then we have, um, you know, um, people who've seen their spouses go on to be with the Lord. Yeah. So we have, you know, in those stages of life, but we also have a lot of, of, of young single people. Mm-hmm. We have, a, you know, we, our, our influx of college students over the last couple of years, they're graduating college and a lot of them are staying here in Charleston. So now they're entering into the workforce and they're staying in our church as single adults. We've, we've had some single adults come and mm-hmm. be a part of our church. And so we're seeing that, that, that age group, I guess, you know, between 20 and 30 uh, and single really starting to grow in the life of our church. And that's a, that's an interesting place to be in life. Life. And Stacy and I can talk from experience saying that's an interesting place to be mm. in life. And, and so if you're listening today and you're single in that stage, Stacy and I obviously don't have any experience with the single again stage or losing a spouse stage. And I don't want to experience either of those stages, but we do have a lot of experience in the 
um, single adulthood stage as far mm-hmm. as young single adult and walking through. And it is just a unique time in life. And so I want to give some encouragement to those who might be listening who find themselves in that stage of life. Or if you're listening today and you know someone in that stage of life, maybe you might want to share this podcast with them. Yeah, that'd be it a could good be idea. An encouragement to them. But but let's just kind of put it on the table. So, so my story was, you know, um, went to college, Mercy University, Macon, Georgia. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't meet you know, my future spouse in college. And honestly, I really wasn't thinking, I mean, if it had happened, it'd have been nice, but I was just, I was just enjoying college. I was having fun, you know, doing my thing. And, uh, I dated in college some, but you know, nothing, nothing really too serious. Uh, but then I, I entered the ministry full time when I was 21 years old, wow. which was way young to be entering full time ministry, but I did it and I'm still in it. So I guess it's worked out. It's worked out. But man, yeah. oh my goodness, but that could be another, another podcast episode of, Young and Dumb in Ministry. It was wild. So I was 21 in full-time ministry, and my first uh, worship, my first job was worship leader and and minister of education is what they called it. Mm-hmm. And then I, I entered my first pastorate at 24. So again, really young to be doing ministry, but I did it and, and survived and all those kinds of things. But I, I tell you, f- going from college into ministry and, and just the shift of mindset was huge. College, fun, hang out, lots of friends, do your thing, uh, no pressures, ministry, all this pressure that now was upon me as a 21-year-old young man. And then, and then the pressure, and I felt it by, you know, as soon as I got in ministry, the pressure from others imposed on me to be married. Because it is, um, you know, in our circles, to be a single minister, Mm. it's kind of a weird place to be. Yeah. Well, my best friend, Stuart McCarter, yeah. you know, he, he was single at, and full-time pastor. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it, it was an interesting situation. It yeah, really it was. really is. Cause you, the, it, because you, you begin to, to, to hear the murmurings of people. Why isn't he married? What's mm-hmm. wrong with him? In fact, in fact, when I was at, uh, my first church in, in Augusta, mm-hmm. um, as a worship pastor and minister of education, I had a, a roommate, a buddy of mine from high school. Uh, we we kind of uh, connected after um, after college, and and he he moved in with me, and we just you know roomed together, helped out with the rent and all that kind of stuff. Someone asked my pastor, "Is Tommy gay? Is he ooh, homosexual? He's ooh, got a roommate." Ooh, like, yeah. no, I just don't want to pay all that rent. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But but you know, just that 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 single minister, what what's wrong with him? And I felt all this pressure. Uh, to, to be married. Um, and you know, it was, it was, it was an interesting time of life. Stacy, what about you? You weren't a minister, but you were single out of co- your story in college, kind of like mine. You, you, you were about in marriage. Minister. I mean, you were in ministry though. Well, she went to the seminary and the mission field and all those kinds of things. So it was a little bit different story. But yeah. Yeah. Can I just make a disclaimer that this is not a scripted podcast? So I'm just, which it never sure is, but anyway, that, um, Y'all don't know. I don't know the questions he's going to ask me. Which makes so, it fun. Yes, really fun. Um, so what's your question? It was about singleness. What After about you got out of college. What, what is like, your experience? What was your experience? What was your experience? He was Do you feel that about pressure? Do you feel that pressure? Were people pressuring oh, you to... All be- the time. What's wrong with you? You're going to be an old maid. Um, <laughs> however... At 21, you were going to be an old maid. <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, so I went from college to grad school seminary um, right after that. And for me, grad school was more of the college 
fun kind of environment. Um, it was not for me. But go, I will talk about that later. Go ahead. It was for me. Good for you. Um, so I had a lot of friends. Um, everybody was going in different directions. And then I went from there to um, a two-year assignment overseas mm-hmm. with the International Mission Board. So, um, yeah, I was single, obviously, that whole time. But, you know, I mean, I had my radar on. Um, but made a decision early on in grad school that I was not going there to find a husband. I was going there to be obedient and to do what the Lord wanted me to do. And as it would have it, I did not find you there. So I was not there. I was not in Texas at all. Nowhere near. <laughs> no, well, I was kind of near Texas. I was in Louisiana, but you know what I'm saying. It's still far away. It's still far away. It's still like a 45-hour drive. Something like that. <laughs> Go ahead, dear. You did not find me there. I did not find you there. In fact, I went around the world. And I wasn't there uh, either. And you were not there. But I wasn't necessarily looking for you yeah. um, around the world. Um, I was not opposed to um, finding Mr. Wright, but Mr. Wright had not come along at that yeah. point. And I was fine with that, um, mostly. But then you do start to feel the pressure of... Um, is this ever going to happen? All of my friends are getting married. Yeah. I was in about 25 weddings right. before ours. And um, that's probably not much of an exaggeration. Actually. Yeah. I mean, um, I was in weddings and performing weddings. It was weird. Yes. Doing premarital counseling. And I ain't got a clue what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> I bet yes. that was interesting. Yes. It was interesting. Yes. So, um, yes. And then feeling the pressure from my mom. So my mom was... My parents are older than most of my peers' parents. Because they were in their 30s when they got married too, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And I had always told my mom that that was not going to be me. I was going to have a different path. But and boom. Uh, boom. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that actually became my story. Um, so, yes, even her friends. So I had been overseas, and, and this may be one of your other questions, but I had been living an exciting life as a single person. Yeah, um, you were in one of the most beautiful places in the world. Well, I was traveling all you, over. And, and you were traveling. Oh, that's right. You lived in Cyprus. That's a pretty tough assignment. Yeah, it was pretty glorious. Thank you, Lord, <laughs> for that. But but they um, gave you that reprieve in Cyprus because you were traveling around Middle East and right, North Africa we were and some crazy, crazy places. In, stationed in Cyprus, traveling around North Africa and the Middle East. And so it was a lovely place to um, come back to in the... Uh, transitions between our assignments but yeah so um I come back from that and my mom's sweet little friends at church just couldn't understand why I was almost 30 and not married wow like Mm -hmm. we have a mission now yeah Uh yeah you are our mission and that happens your singleness becomes somebody else's mission yes stop it (laughs) <laughs> Do not Ooh. set your single friend. Well, I say that. We were the result of a setup. Kinda. We were. We but that were. was a different story, too. That was the, a very different story from a wise woman. Who was who had just gotten married when she introduced us, but she was a, around 50 before she got no, married. Was no, she? sorry, Janie. She was not 50. I'm not bad. She She's was, not listening. She, was, she has no idea this podcast exists. He still <laughs> thinks that I'm 85. He's so. a little off. Okay. In more ways. Than well, she was she was close, wasn't she? She was in her forties, okay. I believe, okay. when she got married. Yeah. So yes. she knew the. That's not a bad guess. She, she, she was someone that I as well. I actually listened to her mm-hmm. suggestion because I knew that she had walked the road before me yeah. and would not be 
one to flippantly say, hey, you need to go out with my podiatrist. Yeah, that's may right. or may that's not fun. know you Jesus. Had, you, you had someone try to set you up with a foot doctor. Yes, I did. I did, actually. Which, that would have been fine to marry a foot doctor. Yes, if he but had known can Jesus. You, if he had known Jesus. But the conversations you'd have had in the evening would have been much different than the conversations you have now with me. Yes, I wouldn't have to ask you to cut your toenails. You would do it on your own. Oh, anyway, you went so, there, didn't you? You but went that there. situation was that that pressure. Like, so I came home from overseas, and literally came home to my parents' home because I did not have an apartment. Was overseas. I needed a place to land, and and so I'm thankful that my parents' home has always been a place for me yeah. to land if necessary. Um, but in that transition time, literally, like. People would call my parents' house <laughs> to try to find me. And my mom is that generation where you just answer the phone. You cannot let it ring. You have to answer the phone. And so this sweet lady in my mom's church would call my mom. Here I am, almost 30. Call my mom to ask her if she could have my number to give to young men. Oh, boy. And <laughs> wow. Because that's not creepy and at all. she kept... She kept that up until finally I was like, Mom, stop answering the phone. But um, she just. How many young men called you? Well, there was the one that the was podiatrist. the podiatrist. And she was so sweet that out of respect for her and to hopefully, like, move on from it, I agreed to meet him at you went Barnes and the, Noble. I you went on a date with the foot doctor. I did. I met, I met him at Mar- Barnes and Noble. Feet? But I told you this the other night. Like, always have a plan for after. Right? You always have to be somewhere. Oh, yeah. Um. Just in case. So, <laughs> um, so she left the podiatrist for a. I did. I went doctor's point with it. I went to Barnes and Noble and had a cup of coffee with the podiatrist, um, and pretty instantly knew that that he was not a follower of Jesus, and um, hopefully he is now, maybe, um, but that it wasn't something that I was going to pursue, and he probably felt that way too. Um, and then there was the time that the other sweet lady at church told me that, that she had somebody in mind for me, this precious young man that she had to, um, just needed me to meet him. And then, um, so, you know, so like bombarding me at every direction with, you've got to meet these sweet young men. Now, mind you, these ladies who are telling me this are 30 years older than me. So their idea of sweet young man and what is actually my age group is not exactly the same because several weeks after this one lady says, there's this young man, I love him. He's so wonderful. You need to meet him. He was 57. I have no idea how old he was, but literally (laughs) the next time she said she came up to me to talk about it, she said, I have to tell you, he had a heart attack. (laughs) Which was awful, awful, awful. And I confess the first thing that went through my mind was not, how awful it was. How old is he? How old is this person you're trying to set me up with? Right. Like, so there was that at every direction. Um, so I was just kind of done with people trying to set me up. And also there are some creepy people out there. It's it's different, obviously being a single lady than as a single man. I agree. That's for sure. And you know, I mean, in my experience, so so Stacy had her international mission experience and all that kind of stuff, and you know I went from Augusta to Louisiana. Mm-hmm. I was a seminary seminary student at New Orleans Seminary, and my church first church I pastored was in Franklinton, Louisiana. 
There no, is nobody no lives there. I was going to say, where no. is that? Nobody lives there. It, it's it, They can't set you up there. Like There's, 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 <laughs> there's, just there's I mean, a road that goes uh, through it, but I mean, literally yeah, no one there, lives there. I mean, you know, if, if, <laughs> wow. if they if they were to set you up, I mean, I mean it'd be it'd be hard to find a young Sounds lady. I mean, it was just one of those kinds of places. I mean, it was it was the middle of nowhere. It was, yep. you know, very um, very rural, very you know, just different. Yeah. If you live there, it's because of generations. The generation. I mean, it, it wasn't been, a place that brought people. Had been dairy there. farms and all those kinds of things in the in the past years, and it was and the, the church. It was you know the church I pastor was twenty five people the first time I was there. The average age might have been seventy five. I mean, mm. so uh, they they didn't know young people. Right. And right. so it wasn't like they wanted their pastor to be married, but oh, you ain't going to find anybody out here. And and this was, you know, I was in seminary. Um, and so I was only going to New Orleans, which was an hour away from Franklinton. Mm-hmm. I was only going there a couple of times a week because at that point, you know, I was, wasn't making a lot of money at the church and I wasn't driving to New Orleans every day. I couldn't afford it. Gas sure. was expensive then. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I was kind of in this place where there weren't a lot of prospects. And this was in those early days where, where online dating was just starting. And it, it was kind of still a little bit taboo and weird. And I, yeah. you know, I didn't want to, you know, it's just, yeah, just that was, I mean, I know, I know now it's a completely different ball game with online dating, but like in those days, like I, yeah, that's just kind of weird. So I don't want to do that. Yeah, the online thing in those days was like, and did it, you know that she found him online? Yeah, yeah. Was, right. there was, that's right. It was still that like now. Yeah, now yeah. it's no big deal. But then it was still just kind of taboo. And so you, you, there just weren't the pro- – so I felt this pressure be married. And then – but also like – God, how it's going to be a miracle of your grace for that even to happen because where mm-hmm. I am, there, there is the right because you, you don't have to drop her down. from the sky literally because there, there's not a single lady <laughs> in Franklin. And, 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 wow. and it was just, it was just that kind of situation. And then on top of that, you know, you, you think about I was 24 years old, mm-hmm. right? And, and all my college friends are, are, you know, I'm still keeping in touch with them. They're getting married, they're starting to have children. They're in, they're in Atlanta, they're in, you know, these metropolitan areas. And here I am in Franklinton, Franklinton, a 24 year old dude in Franklinton wow. in this big old 3000 square foot house by myself. My next door, my next door neighbors were, 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 were dead bodies in the cemetery. You know what I'm saying? It was just, this is true. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was just not, the no exaggeration, ide- not the ideal place for a single young man, you know? Mm. And so, 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 so for me, it, you know, I trusted the Lord that in his time and his way, he was going to provide a wife. Right. And I remember even being there, I had a, um, I had a buddy in seminary and, and he was kind of the same life experience I was at that time. He was single in mid twenties. And, and then he, he, he met somebody and got married and you know, praise the Lord, glad for him. But we were having a conversation one night and, um, this was, this was before he got married, he was engaged and we were reflecting on his relationship and, and my plight of singleness at that time. And, um, he said, well, maybe God has just given you the gift of singleness. I'm like, mm. buddy, I want to hit you upside don't the face. Oh, whack you. You know, no, yeah, that is not me. No, he has not given me that gift. He would know? tell and, me, right? he would tell me by the way, I mean, I'm glad you met somebody, but I haven't yet. And, and so, so you, you get those, right, like that, they start to think your life is over because you're not. And, and that becomes married. kind of the weirdness of singleness mm. is that, that one, you know, um, and especially in, in my situation, like how is this even going to happen? Right. Where, where I am in life and where I'm living and, and other people are, are getting married. And so you kind of have that, well, what, and then, and then as when, when they start to get married, sometimes they, the, the relationship changes that you had with them. And then it just, bec- it's just, it's just a weird place sometimes. Right. And, and struggling through that. And, and, and so, so, but it wasn't all bad at all. Mm-hmm. Singleness was a unique time in life. I did feel like as a single man, there was this pressure, especially as a pastor to be married. In fact, I had one of my pastors that I served with in Augusta. I served two churches in Augusta. Um, 
before I moved to uh, the New Orleans area. And one of the pastors told me, you will not find a pastor as a single man. Mm, wow. And I'm like, well, thanks, buddy. That's really encouraging. Wow. Uh, I, I pastored two churches as a single man, mm-hmm. uh, and both of them were wonderful experiences. Even the church in Franklin was a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. Those people loved me and, and cared for me. Um, so I proved him wrong. But anyway, Amen. but it was different, you know? I mean, you, you, there's just all this pressure, like you've got to find that that woman because your life is not complete. Mm. You're not a real pastor until you're married with a family. That was kind of the pressure that that I, I felt like I was under as a single pastor. And and that pressure, I mean, obviously it lasted for a long time because I entered ministry when I was 21, didn't get married till I was 30. So that's a, a long time as a single pastor, mm-hmm. right? And so so um, there was that pressure. There was that that just interesting, unique time of life. But looking back now, it was also a really good season of life in a lot of different ways. And I think Stacy would attest to that because I think about some of the things that, 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 that I was able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I was able to go to seminary and, 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 and get two master's degrees mm-hmm. and a PhD. Mm-hmm. Now I could have done that as a married man, but I, when I was in uh, the PhD program, uh, I knew lots of guys who were married with kids and they struggled. Oh yeah. They struggled. There was stress and trying to balance. I, I didn't have to balance anything. Well, I had to balance my church obviously, but when I got home and got done with my work with the church, I mean, I could, I could, I could read, I could study, I could write and do all those things. And so I was able to finish that PhD. Um, I, well, I was writing our dissertation when we got married. So, you know, after we got married about a year, I was done with it. And boom, before I had children, well, Luke was born when, I mean, I graduated. Luke was five months old when I graduated. Yeah, I've seen, um, I think I've seen yeah, a picture yeah, yeah, of you yeah. So that was, But you were yeah. already finished though for but a I was while. Finished. Yeah, I was finished. Just yeah, I just yeah. had to walk and all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just some of the things that, that I was able to accomplish and Stacy was able to accomplish as well because we had that unique gift of Tom. Like yeah. you were able to go on the mission field, which as a married person, that would have been right a little more challenging um, to do. Yeah, I'm very grateful for that season where um, there would have been, I mean, maybe God ha- would have eventually opened up the doors to travel overseas and do missions in other capacities. But as far as being on the field for two years... I am very, very grateful for that season. I, had I been married, I wouldn't have even been open yeah, to that. Yeah. Right, that would not have been something that I would have thought feasible. Unless you're married to someone who had that heart's desire and correct, you're right, correct, correct. But um, yeah, so I wouldn't trade that. No, I'm very grateful, and and those experiences the Lord has used time and time yeah, again. Absolutely, right, and absolutely. and not just for my benefit, for but but for others, right, yeah. and and for um. His glory, hopefully, um, and all of that. Yeah, so if you find yourself in a season of singleness, it's not wasted time. No, not at all. Like like God really used that time. You're not No, you're not. not, And you're a follower of Jesus. You're complete in him, Mm -hmm. right? Your identity is not in who you're married to, mm. right? I mean, I know we talk, we've been talking a lot about two becoming one flesh and, and certainly, you know, there, there's that uniqueness of marriage, but man, you're a whole person as a single person. Amen. I mean, you really are. And, and I even think about, you know, yeah, I wouldn't, I would not trade my marriage for anything. I'm, I'm glad I met my wife and I'm glad, but I'm also glad for that season. I mean, looking back, I mean, there was those pressures and those, you know, and the ups and downs of dating and all kinds of craziness that went on in that. Um, and while I'm, I'm very thankful for the marriage I have my wife, I'm also thankful for that season of singleness because yeah. I think back to that season of singleness, not only did I get to accomplish, accomplish some things that may have been more of a challenge as a, someone who's married with a family, mm-hmm. but I, I got to have some really deep friendships mm-hmm. Because I had time for it. Yeah, you might yeah. have time for friendships now. I feel like I, I've got a, a good, you know, circle of friends. But I mean, 
as, as a single person, and, and Stacy got to meet some of those friends. I mean, I had these, uh, because what happened when, when the day was over at, at the churches I pastored, I didn't have to, you know, go home and make sure the kids were okay and all that. I mean, I had time, every night it seemed like I was at somebody's house eating dinner. You know what I'm saying? That's neat. And so, so the church, it really became my family and I was able to devote a whole lot of time to ministry, um, and having some really deep relationships with people uh, that just honestly, because, because of time now and, and having my own family, I'm, I'm not able to do like I once was. And so that, for that season, that was a real gift yeah. to be able to, to do some very intense discipleship that, that honestly, I just, I just can't do like I did uh, because of, of having a family. And so again, there were those benefits of that time of singleness that, that allowed me to accomplish some things that were really mm-hmm. cool that, that allowed me to invest some time mm-hmm. because I had the time that maybe I can't invest now because of family obligations. Um, and so again, it's not wasted time. No. And I would say that um, not only, was that a benefit to you, but our future together, mm. right? Because you are able to establish and dig in deep roots with people that you shared love with and they loved you. Then I you reaped the, the benefits yeah. of that, right? If you had not invested that time in them, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have felt that love yeah. from them as well. And so it was beneficial to me looking back yeah. that you were, you were there. And I think Singleness affords a freedom that you do not have as a married person. Right. There are, are some freedoms that come with being single that allow you to be used by God in in directions and in different ways that you are not able to be because he gives you other um, responsibilities yeah. in marriage. Yeah. And if you have children, those things. So our attentions can be fully devoted to him right. in those seasons right. of singleness. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess the point is, is marriage is great. Wouldn't trade for anything, but singleness is great too, right? Whatever yeah. your season of life you're in is if, if you're following Jesus, it's a great season of life. Like God is in control of every season that you're in and God is doing a work in you and through you in every season you're mm-hmm. in, no matter what season you find yourself in. And so, you know, I would just encourage you if you're single and listening if you find yourself in that season of singleness, take advantage of it yeah. because there are some really cool things that you're able to pursue and accomplish some real cool relationships that you're able to build because of this unique season in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and I'll also say a couple more things. One, if you're in that season of singleness, don't be so focused on that future spouse that you actually end up lowering, lowering your standards Ooh, yeah. because yeah. you so desperately yes. want to have a mate. Don't do that. And neither Stacy nor I did that. I mean, yeah, I don't and, think you lowered your standards. I don't think so. <laughs> Although there were times when people were telling me that I needed to. Yeah. Which is. Yeah, of course they do. They just blood. want you married. Right. Regardless. You yeah. Know. Well, well, what you don't want to do is lower your standards and end up in a marriage that is not God's best for you. And, you know. Right. And we've both seen misery come yeah, out of that. Absolutely. So. And as you were saying that, though, in the season of singleness, um, I would caution those who are, who right now are are in that path, right? Um, Not to allow the desire for marriage, a future mate to become an idol. Right. Right. Because when we focus so much on I'm single, I don't have anybody. I mean, that just negates what the Lord can be doing in your life currently. Right. Um, Yes. It's okay to dream. It's okay to hope for, pray for, but when that becomes 
such a focus in our life that we are blinded to what the Lord wants us to do in the moment because all we can think about is, well, maybe my mate's over here. Maybe he's over there. Maybe uh, if I just do these things, um, it becomes, it can become an idol, which Mm -hmm. distracts us from what the Lord could be accomplishing um, currently. Because that statement, I don't have anybody, it really is a lie from the enemy. Yes. Because looking back, I certainly felt the pressure to be married because of the position in life I was in as a, a single pastor. But looking back, I was also relationally full. I had a family that loved me and cared for me. I had, I had my relationship with Christ, obviously. And I had, you know, I, I pastored two churches that absolutely um, went out of their way to show love and support and care for me. I had lots of good, healthy relationships. I might not have had a wife, mm-hmm. but I had lots of relationships that were very fulfilling and very and very helpful for me, right? And so, yeah, I certainly don't believe it lie. And just like, kind of looking and back. opportunities to observe yeah, lots of different godly marriages, marriages and godly marriages right, and not so godly you. marriages and everything in between. I mean, you had those opportunities to learn and, and to, you know, I think it was helpful. And, um, you know, I think that time of singleness, you really kind of knew what you did want in a spouse because you had time to observe and think and pray through mm-hmm. all that. Right. And, and, and the only, you know, looking back now, I did feel that pressure. And I think I allowed myself to feel that pressure too much. Looking back now, um, if I would have known and I didn't, if I would have known that God had planned for me, Stacy, to meet her when I was 28 or 29 and be married when I was 30, um, I probably would approach my singleness a whole lot differently, mm. right? Because I think what happens when you're single is you do spend a lot of time worrying. Is it ever going to happen? Mm-hmm. Stop it. You don't have to worry. Yeah. But at the, same, at the same time, it is a legitimate heartache. It is. It absolutely and is. And so we don't want to discount that. No, because we were there. We were, it is a struggle. All I'm saying is you don't have to worry because God is in right. control. And, and, and the reality is the, re, the just reality is the vast majority of single people are going to be married someday. Mm. That's just truth. It's reality. That's statistical fact. After Elizabeth Elliot's uh, husband died on the mission field, mm-hmm. she was a missionary for like, I think the next 41 years yeah. and then got married yeah. Yeah. when she got back from the mission yeah. field. So, you know, you think somebody, I guess she would have been probably 60s yeah. in the 60s yeah. when she got married yeah. again, yeah. but she found the right man yeah. and, uh, yeah. you know, lived a wonderful relation, yeah. a wonderful rest of her life with him. So, yeah, it, it, there is this thing that you got to say, okay, I got to trust the Lord. Got to trust the Lord. Even 41 yeah. years yeah. after yeah. your marriage. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't change the feelings of heartache and, yeah. and, and yeah. long for that. I get oh, that. Oh, of course but, not. But just, you know, enjoy the season the best mm-hmm. you can. And by the way, I'm not saying everybody's going to wait 41 years. I'm just saying that there are examples of people and they found fulfillment in that time. But she didn't waste those 41 years in between waiting and hoping for somebody else. She was, she was the missionary that her husband, Jim Elliott never was. Yeah. 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 She really became that because he was, she was able to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, pastor, this has been really good. I think uh, for uh, people that are, are, out there we're and done. are single. And by the way, you Did were you want great talk, on the yeah, microphone. Did you want to say no, something? Well, you you I, said we're done. Like you want to say a lot more. No, it's just been fun <laughs> being with you guys. Well, we have enjoyed it. You, you've, we must admit. You, you've done all right, Stacey. Oh, well. You've, you've added, been, you, you've added a, a, a certain grace and a certain you, you je ne sais quoi <laughs> to this. You, you have. You know. Je ne sais quoi. Shout out to those of you who were talking about je ne sais quoi uh, <laughs> Sunday night. Okay. What? You weren't there. <laughs> All right. People anyway. visiting after um, church uh, Sunday night. Were, say quoi. Were, yes, that was a phrase that was used. Yes. Because that's one you use every day. Anyway. You don't because no. you don't. Okay. No well, French. But well, okay. Thank you. 
Thank you, sister. It's over. You are very welcome. I'm trying to say it's over. Thank you, Josh. I'm just saying it's over for today. Oh, you mean like we would love to have you back? No, we're still recording. Everybody's hearing all of this. Thank you, podcast world, for your graciousness and listening and allowing me into your world. Amen. Thank you, brothers, for letting me sit at this table. You just won Miss America. And I want world peace. It's been, it's been a good, it's been some good weeks and yeah. uh, pastor, why don't you close this and get us ready for next it has week? Been. We usually do this 30 minutes or less, but for the last five weeks, they've been over 30 minutes. What are you trying to say? <laughs> you have given us the gift of time. Yes, you have. Thank you, darling. And Trey. <laughs> we do hope today's episode has been a blessing to you. And if it has been a blessing to you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. So you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review that helps us get word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.